All right, dog. Count us in whenever you're ready. All right. Three, two, one. All right, friends, it's Thursday, and your reward for making it to Thursday is another Cal Park Bros podcast. Terrence and Jason are here to educate us on the news of the day, sports, movies, TV, you name it, they're going to talk about it. But right now, I want to say thank you and congratulations to the Cal Park Bros. Jason and Terrence, this is episode 25 and I've been around talking on, I would say, probably 20-something of these podcast episodes. And I just want to say thank you for letting me be creative. Let me have some fun introducing the podcast each week. It's been truly a blessing. But I got to say, you guys are getting pretty creative with these episode titles. So I don't know what you're going to name this one, but I'm sure it's going to be funny and clever. So, friends, it's podcast time. Go get them, Terrence and Jason. Cal Park Bros Podcast. I'm your host, Terrence, and with you is my co-host, Jason, calling in from the Batcave in Indianapolis. Jason, how are you, my good man? I'm doing quite well, sir. It's another lovely Tuesday, which means it's Cal Park Bros Day, record day for us anyway. But uh, so I'm definitely excited about that. Dude, it's episode 25. We made it, man. We're a quarter of the way to the 100, man. So we're, we're getting there. We're plugging away. We are plugging but, uh, away. Exactly, exactly. So I know we talked about doing this like a, a live episode, uh, live at 25, as you called it. Um, didn't happen, but guess what? We can still make that rhyme for like live at 35 or 45. So we can still do that, just not this one. Yeah, I think we should just do it whenever you feel comfortable because oh, the streets, the streets gonna put it on me. Are you going to put it on me, huh? Okay. That's what I do. I mean, you're just going to call me out? Say no. You're just going to call. You're just going to call me out in front of the world. Okay, thanks. That's what I do. <laughs> and that's why you're the co-host, not the host. Thank you. Uh, the, the co-hostess with the mo-hostess. Um, thank you again for listening. This is episode 25. As my co-hostess with the mostess has stated of the Cal Park Bros podcast, for the uninitiated, Cal Park Bros is a weekly podcast for fans of culture, current events, sports, life, and entertainment. And as always, folks, we are your hosts, Terrence and Jason, and every single Thursday, 
we release a brand new episode where we discuss the current events of the day, the sports, and the athletes we love. And even some of the ones we loathe. No matter the topic, folks, you can expect a brutally honest and fun exchange of snark while learning through the lens of our 30 years of friendship that originated in Calumet Park, Illinois. All right, people, for more Cal Park Bros content, you got to connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. Go there. Search for Cal Park Bros or Cal Park Bros Podcast. We'll be there. That's where you want to go to engage with us every single day. But hey, also, don't forget this. The Cal Park Bros Podcast is available to listen and subscribe for free wherever you listen to podcasts. Like us. Love us. Share us. Follow us. And folks, if you like us, hell, why wouldn't you? Folks, anybody listening to this right now, most of you better be doing that already. For anybody that's new to this, you're going to start doing it as of right now because you're going to listen to episode 25. You know it might be not live and in person, but it's still going to be live and you're going to love it. So make sure once you listen to it and like it, share it with everybody you know. There you go. It may not be live, but it damn sure is direct. Um, (laughs) um, Before we get started into the segments, I want to take care of some show business really quick. We guys, we have been so busy promoting the show and frankly p- producing content for the podcast. Um, we neglected to mention our first iTunes review, and I feel really bad because it's a really uh, good friend of ours. Um, and I know this person when they said when they put this in the review, I knew they meant it because the reason I'm friends with this person to this day is because of another podcast that we listen to. So. It's a big deal that this person put in in it. So this was a review that was on Apple Podcasts, um, August 26, 2021, post Noggenheim. Shout out to you, man. We appreciate you. Cal Park Bros uh, Nation definitely appreciates the love. Uh, I'll start off. It says, funny and real, five stars. I enjoy how they give enough other room to respectfully voice their distinct opinions on certain issues without one of them being a coon and the other being super fake woke. I'm a new listener, but I look forward to their clips on Instagram and the report that they have one another. Great pod fellas. Okay. So your thoughts folks, it's official. Your boys, Terrence and Jason, the Cal Park bros are not coons and we are not super woke, super fake woke. We're not that. (laughs) <laughs> we're super so, woke maybe <laughs> yeah but not fake woke so yeah. it's official but yeah that's that's dude i gotta admit when i read that and you sent it to me uh, via text uh previously i got a good 10 minute laugh about that um yeah it, it's really good that i mean also we have other people giving us ratings and stuff like that but for any individual to leave their actual worded opinions about us whether it be positive or negative is definitely a good thing but yeah, I had to laugh at this one for about a good solid 10 minutes, just knowing that somebody, at least one person out there in the world doesn't think we're raccoons. So that's awesome. And folks, if you don't, if you're listening to this and don't know what a coon is, Google it, look it up. And we don't mean raccoons. So there you go. And we don't mean uh, Sly Cooper and Athevius Raconis on PlayStation either. Um... <laughs> we do not. <laughs> um, as soon as I read uh, Pope's uh, review. My first thought was somebody, some asshole gonna be out there saying y'all might not be coons, but y'all coon adjacent. <laughs> well, I don't know if I want to cop to that officially, but uh, I'm not sure what's worse. But okay, but but yeah, folks, definitely. You know, this person left a review, and we thank that individual as well for sure. Um, 
as Terrence always says at the end of every episode, you know, if you'd like it and feel ob- obliged to send, give us a rating and review, feel free to do so. We appreciate that. Whether it be positive or negative or constructive or otherwise, just let us know what you think. Yeah. Five stars, of course. Um, and Pope, your uh, Calpart Bros Rockefeller chain, it's in the mail, fam. FYI. <laughs> Two stamps. All right. right. Let's get this show on the road. Um, in the first segment, we're going to be talking about the Chicago Bears' big money move. Um, this is from an article on NBC uh, News 5 Chicago. Uh, the Chicago Bears had signed a purchase agreement for Arlington Park. That's in Arlington Heights, Illinois. Uh, the, there's a, a big to do about that because, frankly, Arlington uh, Park was a horse racing uh, venue. Um, and the fact that the Chicago Bears might potentially be moving out of Soldier Field. Um, a lot of people have been clamoring for that. Um, Soldier Field is one of the older stadiums in the National Football League. Um, and not only that, it's one of the smaller stadiums in the National Football League. Um, I'm referencing the um, the article here. It says the Chicago Bears on Wednesday confirmed they have signed a purchase agreement for Arlington Park, signaling, signaling the possibility the team could move from Soldier Field but how soon would fans know a decision? According to Bears president and CEO, CEO Ted Phillips, there are still several steps that must be taken. The Bears, Churchill Downs Incorporated, and the Village of Arlington Heights said in a statement that the team has signed a purchase and sale agreement for the entire Arlington Park parcel in the Village of Arlington Heights. We are excited to have executed a PSA. That's purchase and sale agreement for the Arlington Park property, Phillips said in a statement. We are grateful to Churchill Downs Incorporated for their efforts to reach this point. We also appreciate the support of Tom Hayes, that's the mayor, and the village of Arlington Heights. Finalizing this agreement was a critical next step in continuing our exploration of the property and its potential. They moving, dog. That sounds like they moving. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yes, I agree with you. They definitely sound like they're moving. Uh, now, see, the purchase agreement doesn't mean it's final. It's just a step in that direction. Uh, Mayor Lori, Lori Lightfoot of Chicago, she has stated, according to an article I found as well, that she is going to do what she can to keep them in, not just Chicago, but keep them in Soldier Field. Um, that's probably going to wind up being a losing effort on her part to at least keep them in Soldier Field. Uh, probably in Chicago, because I, as I mentioned to you yesterday, uh, now granted I might not be the most aware of Chicago's landscape and geography, but just what from what I do know, I'm not sure where else in Chicago they'll be able to put a new stadium in it um, without tearing something down already. I'm not sure. Do you know of a place that I'm not thinking of? I mean, there's not really a big spot where you can put another. I mean, that's not true. You can always make room. We well, make room for new shit all the time. We just have to clear out some old shit. <laughs> well, and that, that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. So right now, there's not just an open spot to sit around just waiting to get, be taken up. And now, of course, they can always tear down Soldier Field and build up from there. I don't foresee that happening, though. So, yeah, I agree they're probably leaving. Uh, Soldier Field, you mentioned it is one of the older stadiums. The Bears have been playing there since 1971. Um, it, now, of course, it was renovated in 2002. But that notwithstanding, the Bears Soldier Field is still the lowest seating capacity stadium in the NFL. Uh, 
Uh, it seats a maximum of about 61,000 people. Uh, just for comparative sake, MetLife Stadium in New York, which is a newer stadium, uh, built in 2010, they, their capacity is 82,000, so about 20,000 more people. So, obviously, financially, you can imagine the big difference between having an extra 20,000 seats. So, yeah, and I don't foresee, see them being able to renovate 20,000 seats in that stadium, so thus goes into what you're saying. They're going to wind up moving. I uh, found an article from CBS um, in Chicago that the move is likely to happen, at least not no sooner than 2026, because that's when they'd be able to buy out their lease at Soldier Field. So if they, if this next part, uh, point of time with the purchase agreement and actually signing something with the Arlington Park to, or move, to actually move into it, if they're able to find things and make it seem like it's going to work when it comes to capacity, space, and whatnot, because, of course, they're going to have to work with the city of Arlington Heights to do this, and which, of course, their mayor is fully on board to bring the Bears there. I mean, why, why wouldn't he, right? Yeah. Um, I mean, it's a, it's a no-brainer for them. Yeah. Y'all, y'all thought Arlington Heights was expensive as hell before. You just wait until <laughs> the Bears get there. Oh, man. Um. Yeah, Lori Lightfoot, she can try as hard as she wants to. I mean, hell. Um, the owner of the Cavs tried his ass off to get LeBron to stay. That ain't work. <laughs> please, baby, please. <laughs> well, I feel like, I, of course, I'm sure you might mention it too, that at the mention that, that you mentioned there's some to-do about that. Um, there are some people that don't want to see them leave Soldier Field. There's people that don't want to see them leave Chicago. Um, now this, some of this may be a little idiotic. People think, oh, they're not going to be the Chicago Bears anymore. They're going to be the Arlington Heights Bears. And folks, that's not going to happen if they do move. They're still going to be the Chicago Bears. They're just going to play somewhere else that's not technically Chicago. Um, just like the New York Jets and New York Giants. If I recall, neither one of them actually play in New York. So they're in a whole different state. So at least the Bears are still in the Chicago land area. So. Now, the one thing that I think is pretty valid when it comes to people not wanting them to leave to go to Arlington Heights, um, because Arlington Heights, if anybody looks at a map, is about 35 miles, 30 plus miles away northwest from actual where Soldier Field is now. And for comparative sake, for people listening, Kaimet Park, it's about 45 miles away. So as you can imagine, anybody who lives further south than us who would normally go to Soldier Field for a game, now they may be traveling a lot further to get there, maybe an hour, potentially. If you're going through some not rush hour traffic, it's definitely going to be more than an hour, probably an hour and a half. And I'm sure that's probably going to be the case with everybody filing out to Arlington Heights from Chicago to see the game. Whatever road you're going to get there, it's probably going to be a little jammed up once you get closer to the stadium. So uh, so I can definitely understand that concern from people, the fact that they're not have to go drive further to a game, a lot more inconvenient. Um I like. I know people are concerned about parking. I think they'll address that pretty well with the whole stadium. I would like to hope anyway. Um, but the big benefit to this is, I'm sure people will agree, typically when you build a newer stadium, you're probably going to get a Super Bowl, right? And how many of you would love to have the Super Bowl in Chicago? Raising my hand. I mean, I don't live there no more, but I would still love it. Wouldn't you, Terrence? I would I, love it. I, would, I mean, at this point, Chicago's managed to get an all-star game uh, from the National Basketball Association. Um, 
getting a Super Bowl is a good get. I mean, it is. Assuming the Bears don't pull a St. Louis and try to get the, the, the state of Illinois to pay for all this shit. That's that's where the rubber meets the road. Um, I know we already know that there's been at least one team, the Buffalo Bills, to try to propose that. Oh yeah, you should just buy us a stadium because you know we're we're an NFL team. On 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 general principalities, I would oppose that. If on a on a on a state level, on a local level. McCaskey's got to put up some money. We know y'all ain't y'all ain't putting the extra money on the old line. Fuck that. So, question for you then. So, I definitely agree with you that having a fully publicly funded stadium shouldn't happen. Probably, definitely won't. So, what percentage would you be comfortable with then? It's Pay not for me to say. I know I'm the, asking your. Oh, I'm asking your opinion. This is your opinion. I, my my opinion is is that the Bears, the, the McCaskey family, makes more money than God. They cheap as hell. Y'all fucking build it. The end. <laughs> so zero. Okay. Perfect. Okay. <laughs> now I know I'm not going to get that. Hey, you never know, man. But my critique of the McCaskey enterprise still stands. You know, at least the Ricketts had the audacity to be willing to spend some coin to be the ambassadors of Quan. They at least pretended to give a damn for, th- for three or four seasons and got a ring out of it. McCaskey's been bullshitting for the better part of our existence, Jason. Don't matter who the quarterback is. I don't care how good Fields looked out there last week. That don't change shit. This offensive line is atrocious. I said it. They cheap as hell. They they penny smart and they dollar foolish. And if they run... They very listen. They are very adept at business. I'm not gonna deny that, but as a fan, either way, I'm gonna be cursing at my damn TV for three hours. Like, that's my lineage. My mom said that I was just as good at cursing at a TV as my father was, and to me, that was the best damn compliment that she could have given me. Because Phil Brown, wherever you are. I know you proud of me the way I cussed this team out. Well, I'm sure he's also proud of you how you cussed on the show too. So, um, <laughs> yeah, most <laughs> definitely. Yeah, folks. Yeah, that is one rating or rather review we get a lot. That's not officially out there on any podcast site or anything. We definitely get that review a lot, either in person or on our social media. So, Terrence definitely is a professional when it comes to the use of a letter of a four-letter word. So. Um, wins. You're right. All I do, all I do is rack up wins. <laughs> keep it up, dog. People are listening, so keep it up. Be you. Just keep being yeah. you. Keep being yes. you. Most of. But yeah, man, that's my feedback. If I, if the McCaskey family tried to hit me up like a panhandler in Chicago, I'd tell them to go fuck off. That's what I would do. Oh wait, I did it, didn't I? <laughs> oh, I just said be you. So I'm like, I can't be mad at that. So it is what it yeah, is. There is nothing worse. There is nothing worse than billion dollar owners crying poor. There's well, nothing I, worse. There's nothing well, worse. No, no, nobody's crying poor. I mean, come on now. That's 
that's what they're going to do, Jason. I mean, I'm I, telling you. I mean, of course, they're going to try to get the public to pay for some portion of it, and that's that's understandable. But yeah, the, pro- but the question is going to be is is managing expectations. Count on them asking for it all, and be ready to tell them to fuck off, and tell them, okay, so when you you when when you're ready to come back from fucking Neverland, and go to and come back to Planet Reality, holla at us, because y'all can stay y'all ass in Soldier Field if if, if it's like that. See, here's the thing, though. The the big difference, I think we talked about this before when it comes to the bills and them asking fans to pay for all the whole stadium. And I think I mentioned to you that there's a huge difference, you know, at the time that you mentioned Bill's Mafia before, right? Ain't but two sports teams in Buffalo. Ain't but two. Now, I'm not saying the bills are going to get their hopes of the fans all paying for it, but guess what? It's It's a negotiating point. Okay. I want you guys to pay for all of it. No? Okay. Okay, let's do this. And it's probably, and the, if the McCaskies do that, they have to know in their head there's no way that's going to happen for the Bears because no offense to the Bears, they're not the only game in town. So if people, if the if Chicago ever lost the Bears, we'd get over it. We had the Bulls, we had the White Sox. We, you know, We're not losing them. Jason, I, it's that, that, that was my next point. That was my next point, that they're not going anywhere. Right. <laughs> so that's the difference between the Bills because I can see them leaving easily. Because I guess, like I said before, there's two cities out west right now that probably were missing a football team right now. So I'm sure they wouldn't mind getting another one. The Bears ain't leaving Chicago because they're not, right? Because they still get that Chicago money. They're not missing out on that. However, the Bills can probably make more money going somewhere else. So, so them staying in Buffalo ain't ain't quite a thing. They're not leaving Chicago though. That's too much money. They they won't want to miss out on that Chicago money. Yeah, I. I, I, I'm definitely not one of those people that is going to say, oh, it's not really the Bears or the Chicago Bears. I'm like, at worst, they'd be the Arlington Staley's, okay? They'll still be the Bears, Chicago Bears, okay? Stop it. The Arlington Staley's would be a great fantasy football team name, by the way. Well, remember that next year, and then there you go. Yeah. Yeah, I... I, I get... That the 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 current arrangement at Soldier Field is not ideal. Every team wants to be in control of its own home. Soldier Field is owned by the Chicago Park District, and with that comes certain restrictions on what they can and cannot do. McCaskey family probably feels like, man, I'm tired of having to, you know. Deal deal with a landlord. I want my own shit. Who doesn't? So yeah, totally agree. Uh, when when I, was, I always forget that little tidbit about that. I was of course reading up about it again. Like oh god, that, that's right. That just seems so weird. They don't own have, their own. Yeah, masters. yeah. That, that that to me just doesn't make sense. We have that's teams like out there having his own masters and Jay Z or or Nas or whoever your favorite rapper might be. But yeah, um, I mean, we can even put it past rap. I'd be like uh, MJ owning the fucking Beatles. <laughs> yeah, uh, basically the Chicago Park District has the the masters of the Bears. And the Bears like, man, I need to get my shit back. And I'm willing to do whatever it takes to get it. And if I can't get it here, damn it, I'm doing it somewhere else. Yeah, all, all in all, bro, I, I agree with you that I... 
don't foresee anything Lightfoot or anybody else can do to keep the Bears in Soldier Field or Chicago. It just makes sense from a business perspective. And that's what we got to keep in mind with all this, that sports, even though it entertains the fans of the masses, for some other people, it's it's a business for them. And if they can get a place where they can add another 20,000 seats for them, that's good. And that actually, that actually may be good for us because the more seats they have, they may be able to charge a little bit less for, for, to, go to, to uh, go to a game. A little. A little. Um, I am aghast at that inference. My good a little. Man. A little. Now, I'm not, I'm not, obviously, Bears Packers is still going to be an expensive ticket. I'm going to I'm gonna go to that one day. I'm, it's going to happen. I prefer I to be in need, Chicago, not Arlington Heights. But. I just need to know what vegan bath salt that you are snorting okay, that would, make you, would make you it would come to the conclusion that with magically, with these additional 20,000 tickets, that somehow us, the consumer, we're going to get the benefit. Okay, number two. I didn't told you about that before. So... <laughs> Need to stop, okay? Okay. I'm not going to take that disrespect from you. That's number one. Uh, two. The sale. But two. But that's that's real talk, though. I'm not obviously I'm not saying like the 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 front row seats. I'm not saying that. What I'm referring to in general, some of those like nosebleed seats may or may not cost as much because they have more of them to give out. Uh, you know what I mean? They want to actually entice people to freaking go. Now, maybe not the first season because, well, actually, they still might. Because there are some people that may not want to actually go to the stadium at all at the, at the current prices because they don't want to drive that extra, you know, 15 miles away. And I get it. I mean, we'll see. I don't know. Again, this is five years away, we're talking at least. So um, I don't think I have to worry about this anytime soon. We'll be seeing the Bears and Soldier Field for the next four or five years, including this year, next year, the year after. So I think we'll be fine. There's still going to be the Chicago Bears, not going to be the Arlington Bears, still the same jerseys, stuff like that. You're just going to have to drive further away to see him. It sucks. I mean, I've never been in a game. I'm only, probably only going to go to one in my lifetime. But still, they're still the Bears. Still my Bears. Still your Bears. They're our Bears. Bear down. There you go. Chicago Bears. Here, here. Yeah, I will be, and you will be watching with great interest as we see how that plays out. Well, that concludes our segment on the Chicago Bears, uh, you know, basically plotting on their next move in Arlington Heights. Um, coming up next, we'll be talking about the Facebook whistleblower and their wonderful news, plus a little bit about that outage. Coming up next on Cal Park Bros. <laughs> First segment, we're going to be talking about. Jason, what are we talking about? Jesus, this is a banner moment here at the Calvert Bro Show. One of the hosts has no idea what we're talking about live on the air. But the, no, the first topic we are going to talk about is the Bears uh, signing a purchase agreement for the uh, racetrack in Arlington, Heights, okay. Illinois. Okay. Because I had that as segment three. I think I just never updated it. So. And that's why a certain somebody will never be the captain.
the Cal Park Bros podcast. Jason and I have just uh, concluded our uh, first segment regarding the Chicago Bears uh, procuring the the site in Arlington Heights, Illinois, for future use one day. In this second segment, we're going to be talking about something that's pretty relevant, given that Facebook, uh, WhatsApp, and Instagram were down for most of yesterday. The day prior, that Sunday, there was a 60-minute segment on a Facebook whistleblower. Uh, I'm referencing CBSNews.com, where 60 Minutes airs, obviously. And Frances Haugen says in her time with Facebook, she saw conflicts of interest between what was good for the public and what was good for Facebook. Scott Pelley reports. Frances Haugen said, the thing I saw at Facebook over and over again was that there were conflicts of interest between what was good for the public and what was good for Facebook. And Facebook over and over again chose to optimize for its own interests, like making more money. Frances Haugen is 37, a data scientist from Iowa with a degree in computer engineering and a Harvard's master degree in business. For 15 years, she's worked for companies including Google and Pinterest. Francis indicated, I've seen a bunch of social networks and it was substantially worse at Facebook than anything I'd seen before. Scott Pelley indicates, you know, someone else might have just quit and moved on. And I wonder why you take this stand. Francis indicates, imagine you know what's going on inside of Facebook and you know no one on the outside knows. I knew what my future looked like if I continued to stay inside of Facebook, which is person after person after person tackled this inside of Facebook and ground themselves to the ground. So the whistleblower part is that Francis secretly copied tens of thousands of pages of Facebook internal research. She says, evidence shows that the company is lying to the public about making significant progress against hate, violence, and misinformation. One study she found from this year says, we estimate we may, we may action as little as 3 to 5% of hate and about 6 tenths of the 1, 6 tenths of 1% of violence and incitement on Facebook despite being the best at the world at it. Well, damn. Scott Pelley indicated, to quote another one of the documents you brought out, she had all the receipts. We have evidence from a variety of sources that hate speech, divisive political speech, and misinformation on Facebook and the family of apps are affecting societies around the world. And Francis responded, we live in, in an information environment that is full of angry, hateful, polarizing content that erodes our civic trust, it erodes our faith in each other, it erodes our ability to want to care for each other. The version of Facebook that exists today is tearing our societies apart and causing ethnic violence around the world. Jason, um, I know I was a big proponent of talking about this on the show today. Um, I've definitely had some thoughts about this already kind of germinating, if it will, now that you've had a chance to check out the article or the video, what are your thoughts on this whistleblower content? So in the last segment, we talked about football. Uh, so I am going to call a football player move, and I'm going to punt to you. Um, and I'm going to ask you your opinion on this, because, I, because again, you watched the, the 60 Minutes, I think, when it came on live with some family. So yes. I'm actually interested to hear your thoughts on that before I go into mine. Got it. Um, yeah, I my first thought was, well, duh, water's wet. Of course, Facebook changed the way we engage with one another in 
reality. Because that old adage, uh, art imitates life. I mean, it's not just the new algorithm. Facebook has been doing this for eons. Instagram is no different. WhatsApp, I can't imagine, would be all that more different. And I bring those up because they're all under the umbrella, right? You know, Facebook owns all of them. All roads lead to Zuckerberg, okay? Um, and that's not a conspiracy theory. They are all owned by that umbrella of companies. So I know for a fact that there were certain pieces of content, certain things I would post on social media would magically get this, the a certain type of friend to show up randomly, whereas other types of content would, would never bring those people out. And what I think a lot of people would used to assume was that, oh, well, maybe this person only shows up for certain things. Yeah, that's possible. But chances are the algorithm was just priming the pump saying, hey, <laughs> you sound like the type of person that, to start talking some shit when this type of content shows up. And so you've already kind of riled up the ideal customer, if you will, to, to take the bait. And I've seen this play out five years ago, 10 years ago. So um, for me, the whistleblower really wasn't illuminating anything because I already felt like this was happening. You know, I've lost Facebook uh Excuse me, I've lost, you know, real life friends over Facebook engagements because shit went left. Okay? Literally. Or right. Literally. Yeah. So it is not it is not to flex that I that many may think it is, because for me, the whistleblower is simply just pulling out all the receipts that I already felt like we're there. So those are my thoughts. Of course, Facebook looked at the money and said, okay, what's the problem? So uh, essentially, I partially may agree with you here. So I can just... Not the first line, but like the first quote from her that stood out to me was the thing I saw at Facebook over and over again was there was a conflict of interest between what was good for the public and what was good for Facebook. And Facebook over and over again chose to optimize its own interests by making more money. Terrence, what business does that sound like? Every business. <laughs> Boom. Exactly. Exactly. So... Yeah, so that doesn't surprise me at all. I mean, like I said, they are a business. Zuckerberg's a billionaire for a reason. I mean, he might not be have Jeff Bezos' money, but still, he's he's at the table. So, yeah, that doesn't surprise me. I mean, as well as they should. Every business should, you know, prioritize money because that's that's the point of them running. But I guess the question is, what are you willing to sacrifice to make that money? No, go ahead. Um, no, I just not. What I was going to say is, 
I don't I don't look at the whistleblower. I mean, she probably got hell of receipts because what the real issue is is that Zuckerberg is out here doing all these congressional hearings and shit, playing stupid and acting like we're doing everything we can. No, you're not. I'm not saying that he he sh even should be doing that. I'm just saying he is placating the fuck out of these congressional hearings. Could be. Could be. I find some of that to be a little disingenuous. I probably respect a little more. It's like, man, if Mark Zuckerberg just got up there and said, man, look, we cannot make people not be crazy. Okay? We tried. I look at that the same way I look at, get, at getting mad at people that, oh, I can't believe that so many people voted for Donald Trump or so many people voted for Joseph Biden. I'm like, oh my God, I can't believe Trump almost won again. I'm like, look, people have a right to believe what they want to believe. You just got to hope and pray that that belief doesn't get you fucking killed. And that could be the challenge with social media. I mean, you mentioned the algorithms when it comes to bringing people together. You're absolutely right. I was, think, I was just thinking the other day that there's one friend of mine that I have in uh, Southern Illinois that I haven't seen them in person, obviously, since I moved. And I also hadn't interacted with them on Facebook like I used to either. Until right. the other day when I made some type of post, I'm like, hey, where this person been? Right. They probably haven't been anywhere. They just, like I said, the algorithms haven't pointed them to my, any of my posts. Um, even though I've made some and I went to their page and they've made plenty as well, but I just never saw it anywhere on my feed ever. So I thought that was kind of funny that you mentioned algorithm. And that's the first thing I thought of, but I mentioned a minute ago, like what risk, what are you willing to sacrifice in order to make that money and, and not, and not saying, uh, Facebook, Instagram, whatnot, sacrificing this. But the one thing that stood out when I was researching, look, uh, looking into this is that the reports that Instagram in particular, and I don't know why it's Instagram only that says that it's, I don't want to say targeting, but basically it's a toxic environment for certain teen girls when it comes to things like body image and things like that. So um, like in regards to, you know, certain teen girls who may be going through certain body image issues or certain eating disorders, the content with the algorithm circles back to them, kind of pushes them more towards that. Uh, now, I, I had to imagine it's not Instagram's intention for that to happen. I'm going to, you know, be positive in that, they're not intended to do that. And according to the CNN article, they are working on fixing those issues. I don't know what they're doing. It may not matter until they actually do it. But that's what they have to be careful of is stuff like that. Now, that being said, I put more of the responsibility on the people themselves. So going back to the article that you brought up and found, um, let me scroll down a little bit here. They mentioned that they only catch like 3% of this, 6% of that, which is a very low number. <clears throat> but the better question is, why is there so much out there in the first place? It's because of us. And now I say us, I don't mean me and you specifically. I meant the people, the users of Facebook. Uh, in that uh, 60 Minutes article, they mentioned that 60% of people who have access to the internet are on Facebook. That's a lot of people, bro. That's a lot of people in the world. That's also a lot of bots. <laughs> That's well, a lot of fakes. That's a lot of fakes. I'm just saying, man. Like you, 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 in general, there's a lot of 
fam, I'm not talking dating sites. I'm talking crazy automated shit that's preventing me from getting a PlayStation Five. <laughs> okay, that's some stuff I don't know about. I guess because I'm not in the PlayStation, uh, you know, tar- uh, PlayStation market anymore, unfortunately. But, uh, but yeah, but I think it's all in the people. So now, granted, I mentioned before on the show that my issue. I was never in Facebook jail, but I got a Facebook warning, like we're going to throw you in jail, uh, about a comment I made in one of the groups about a certain television family I won't mention. Um, but, so I, and you've mentioned stuff too that got you in trouble or whatever, potentially. But, yes. But, but still, even though that was, I thought it was kind of stupid at the time about, you know, why they gave me a warning, but still, I still said it. I admit that I still well said I, I typed it just like you typed whatever you typed, so it's still my fault for even getting the warning or, or you getting put in jail or close to it. So, I, I guess the question is why are so many people out there putting so much misinformation out there, so much hate speech, so much violent speech out there? Because it's kind of like you know the term keyboard warriors or keyboard tough guys. Yeah, that's what it really is. People think they want to get all tough and smart and whatnot behind a keyboard because it's a keyboard. Nobody can actually see them or whatnot. Because that they feel like that computer screen they're looking at is like a wall. The people can't actually see me, so I can just do and say what I want on there, and it's fine. Now, I, I we applauded Facebook before for actually attempting to monitor this stuff before, so I'm still going to continue to do that. That they're, they're attempting to do that stuff. May of course it may not be enough, obviously, according to the whistleblower Francis and their numbers, but they're at least trying. But still falls on the people to monitor and police yourselves. Going back to what Herm Edwards used to say to some of the NFL recruits, don't press send. Think about what you're typing and putting out there before you push, push send. I mean, if you have a question, it, don't hit send. Just let it go. So, again, they can put all this stuff, or the whistleblower can put all this stuff on Facebook, Instagram, WhatsApp, whatever, but it's still up to the people. They wouldn't have to police all this stuff if it wasn't for us. So, people, if you're listening, whatever you put out there on Facebook, Instagram, or any social media site, including us as a Cal Park Bros, we ultimately to be mindful about what we're putting out there. The hate speech, let it go. The violent speech, let it go. Any misinformation, let it go. And by the way, that's the topic that I put out there is the, is the whole do your own research thing actually a good or bad? Oh boy. I don't, I, I don't, that, yeah. I, I really want to talk about that in a different episode, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. That might be a banger for sure. Yeah, it's in the hopper of topics. Yes. I said it, Jasonism in the hopper, but, but yeah, it, people, well, I don't want to delve too much into that topic, but yeah, sometimes people just need to actually think about what their information they put out there, whether they whether they put it out there themselves, sharing it or whatever. Be mindful of that, whether or not it's actually correct or true. And again, that goes more importantly to people like me and you on this platform because you know we're putting stuff out there as well. I mean, not saying we're experts in any topic we talk about, but still we're putting stuff out there when it comes to either our own information or stuff we're quoting from websites. So. Um, just be responsible, people. I agree. The, with the that. computer, the computer screen is not a wall. People can't still see in a way, unless it's a blue screen of death. Um, mm-hmm. then it is a wall. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, Jason, you're 100 percent correct. Um, you know, I appreciate the whistleblower information, uh, if for no other reason that it shows just how much control Facebook can have. I mean, in this article. Um, Francis Haugen is literally saying that up leading up to the election of 2020, um, they altered the algorithm 
they effectively turned on uh, safety protocols to reduce misinformation. So she's saying Facebook has the power to do this all the time. They just decided to turn it on for the 2020 uh, general election. And then afterwards, they turned it back off. To her, that's the issue. What are your thoughts on that? She's, she literally says that's a betrayal of democracy. Well, they were very smart for turning it on in the 2020 election. I'd say if they could have done it in the 2016 election, they should have. But them turning it on for the 2020 election was a very wise idea and a good idea. I'd be curious about the purpose of them turning it off, which I, I can take a guess of why they did. But that... Well, again, that just goes back into what I was saying before. What she was saying before is that they were choosing to put more focus on making money, and they were right. willing to say, and they were willing to sacrifice informational integrity after the election was over because you know they felt like that important aspect or event was over. And again, them turning it off for that election was probably pretty pretty important because there's still lots of information out there today about that election. Now it's been over a year, so. Or not? No, close to a year. Almost. So, almost. Yeah, close yeah. to a year. Yeah, man. Um. So, is so? I have a follow-up question. Is it possible to get your paper and also maintain your integrity? Yeah, I mean that's what we're talking about. So, um, yes, it is. Um, but I, I guess part of it is, well, and I don't want to say that because they can still make plenty of money and still holding the maximum integrity. What I was going to say initially is, is how much are you willing to limit your money in order to maintain that integrity? I mean, like I, like I said, obviously they can make more money by taking those, you know, caps off like, like the misinformation cap or whatever, but knowing they're going to make less money. And they, and again, maybe some of that might be greed because Facebook ain't broke. Zuckerberg ain't broke. So, so if, and again, I, these aren't solid numbers, folks. Again, misinformation, not putting it out there. Right. But, but for example, if, if leaving that misinformation cap on only allows you to make $100 million instead of, you know, $200 million by taking it off, are you not willing to sacrifice an extra $100 million that you're probably going to make some other way anyway? So, now again, obviously those aren't solid numbers. I don't have any evidence. So, again, don't put that out there that Jason said this. Don't do that today. Not today. But, but yeah, you definitely, you know, you can definitely maintain integrity, still make plenty of money. It's all about balance, I guess, when it comes to how much integrity you're looking to keep, how much money you're looking to make, or how much money you're looking to make, you know. So, you know, I've never been a business owner, technically. I guess this might be a business. I don't know. The Cal Park Bros. But I, I don't know how you balance that. I think it's really just focusing on keeping that integrity and let the money come in as it, as it, as it may. Yeah. That's good. It's a good perspective, Jason. Um, yeah. I wonder if the January 6th, uh, insurrection even goes down. If they modify the algorithm. I have to say it probably still happens. Um, is it as, involved does it reach the critical mass that it did yes here's the thing man i have seen some wild shit on this here internet 
And like at one point I was thinking about, hey, we start advertising the show on Facebook. And then I was like, I know how stringent their protocols are for advertising. And I know that because we did one. And we got incorrectly, by the way, we literally could not advertise on Facebook. You don't say, Terrence. And I just find that fascinating that on this here podcast, that Southern accent, sir. Southern accent. Yep. That this here podcast, that there were restrictions on what we could say, but it was still okay for people to literally be on their sixth Facebook account pointing to the same IP address and shit, calling Michelle Obama a monkey. That is the ethical dilemma for me. Facebook was giving a fuck when it wasn't their turn to give a fuck, and they were fumbling the bag on, on the really important stuff like that. They were letting everything go when it came to that as soon as Obama was elected. And now, magically, they got a fucking conscience. And I'm not even saying that it's wrong to have a conscience. I'm just saying... And I get it. This is a moving target. You know, the world didn't stop as soon as the president was elected. But that young lady might have a point. You got the power and you don't, you got the power to hold people accountable and you don't use it. Shit, maybe you should be fried. Extra crispy. Yeah. But uh, I'm going to ask you one last question here, if you don't mind. Go for it. What? I'm finding this is that quote here. Okay. So Francis said, they told us we're dissolving civic integrity. Like they basically said, oh, good. We made it through the election, blah, 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 blah. But the part about that, um, I'm curious about, they said civic integrity. That would make it seem like social media, and not that it's wrong, that social media has some type of huge influence on society, which they're probably right. Oh, yeah. I, I think that is, I mean, it's, it's the way it is, and obviously not never going to change. Social media is always going to be a thing at this point, never going to go away. It's going to be about what's going to be the next social media app. But my question is, what do you think about that, that social media has so much control on society, its thoughts, views, and actions, that this is even a thing as far as having to have somebody whistleblow on Facebook because of all this stuff? I mean, Jason, it's no different than people complaining about the fact that I can't believe that people would vote for someone like Donald Trump. I'm like, people vote for people that they either A, see a little bit of themselves, or B, is going to carry out the agenda that they see fit. Sometimes it's a little bit of column A and a little bit of column B. Or column C, that person is somebody they wish they could be. Because I'll say that. That is. Okay. Well, and, the reason, and here's the thing. Here's, here's why I say that. Donald Trump, uh, this is going to be a compliment. Donald Trump is very good at speaking his mind, even though some of the stuff he may be, say is idiotic. A lot of people probably saw him during his campaign in the 16 election say, hey, 
He says stuff I'm thinking. He says the stuff I wish I could say, but I can't. So yes, yeah, well, yeah, exactly. You get fired, you know, ostracized, all this other stuff. But they see him doing doing the same things that they wish they could do, or the same stuff that they think in their heads, or say in their homes to their uh, family or significant others. So I I think there's that that column C. That's somebody that they wish they could be. So, dude, that is. Jason, you are killing it tonight. You hit the nail on the head. A lot of people, they seek out personalities, but they don't seek out ideas. He was, a, he is and always will be a big personality. Now, hang on. Hang on. So, I don't know about that, but they definitely had some of his electorate definitely looked at him as someone that they identified with who said the things that they wish he, they could say, but they can't. Now, I will say real quick, though, just in all fairness, because in, in truth and accuracy, I'd say the same thing about Obama, too. There were probably people that voted for him for the same reasons and the same things. They, Obama was somebody they admired, looked up to, or somebody that he, you know, they he's somebody that they wish they could be like. So same thing. Maybe different aspects, obviously, because obviously Obama and Donald Trump are two totally different people. In many ways, okay. are they? In, in in many ways, similar in others, obviously, because they're politicians. So we know where that goes. No offense to Obama or anybody else, but it's true. So, yeah, I just want to put that out there that we're not just bashing Donald Trump or people that voted for Trump because it applies to, to really any politician for president. But it definitely applies to Obama too. People voted for him for whatever reason. Not saying that I didn't, but for whatever reason, people voted for him because they see something in him that they like, or something they wish they could be. Which isn't necessarily a bad thing, but is what it is. Yeah, I think. Well, first off, Jason, you said we weren't going to be a political podcast, and it we're sounds not. like it sounds like you just kind of finessed us into a political podcast. And this is where we end the segment, so we don't go that down that route. Fair enough. Let's talk. Let's let's just shut up and dribble. Per 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 my coon adjacent friend in Indianapolis, that concludes our segment. <laughs> that concludes our segment on the Facebook whistleblower. Coming up next, we're going to be talking about the uh, Super Bowl halftime um, personalities coming up for the next Super Bowl on Cal Park Bros. All right, Chewbacca, repeat that. No. Oh, you're just you're just about as hairy, so. Yeah, that is true. I need to work on that. Let's, get that, let's get that Manscaper fucking sponsorship cracking.
Welcome back to Cal Park Bros. <laughs> Jason and I were just discussing the whistleblower from the Facebook uh, app discussion uh, that appeared on 60 Minutes. I feel like we're going to be talking about that more in the future, especially in the light of the fact that Facebook was down for like a good like eight hours yesterday. I was like, huh, oh, that's an interesting ass time you got there, Mark. <laughs> yeah, the, the fact, I didn't even realize it until I was like, okay, Facebook's not working. And then somebody said Instagram's not working. And I went to online and they said it was on CNN that Facebook and everything was down. I'm like, oh, apparently it's a big deal. CNN's talking about it. So there you go. Yep, big deal. CN, CNN's talking about it. We actually had to tweet and complain about Facebook and Instagram. That's like right. a rite of passage when you get on one social media application and you complain about this other application that you don't like. That's like social media inception. It's great. Told you that's that's hey, that's society and culture that we're in right now. Yep. In this segment, we're gonna be talking about some announcements about the uh Super Bowl halftime show. Um Dre, Snoop, Eminem, Blige, Lamar to perform in Super Bowl uh per Jonathan Landrum at APnews.com. They will be performing for the first time on stage together at the Pepsi Super Bowl Halftime Show 2022. NFL, Pepsi, and Rock Nation announced on Thursday that five music icons will perform perform on February 13th at SoFi Stadium in Inglewood, California. This is relevant, of course, because Dre, Snoop, and Lamar are Southern California natives. Dre, of course, his resume precedes itself. Um, started off in NWA, uh, along Easy E and Ice Cube, and made a major mark in hip hop culture. Um, on his own as a producer, Dre also produced Mary J. Blige's number one hit song, "Family Affair." This halftime show gonna be black as hell, dude. Well, hang, hey, well, hang on. Eminem's in it too. Let's not forget. But um, but yeah, that was my that, that was that was my. Yeah, that was my that was my first thought. Was I'm a big Eminem fan, and so that's my first thought of to see him going to be in the, in the halftime show. I'm like, I was pretty hyped up about that. So with the, with five of them being there, I'm not sure the breakdown. I'm sure they'll be doing like bits of their songs, whatnot. I, but I agree with you. It's going to be uh, the, the name statement is called So Far because this performance is going to be So Far. Oh my god! But that, um, that, that is definitely something a coon adjacent. Okay, just stop. Uh, just, stop. just stop. Just <laughs> stop. Stop. Let it go. I think we got our. I think we got our run out of that. Let's let it go. But oh, uh, I, that that is absolutely being added to the lexicon, my good man. Oh. <laughs> you are going to be sick of it. <laughs> well, it wouldn't be the first time on the show, but that's true. But yeah, it, it, but what also stood out to me too is obviously these five people are superstars, legends from the rap hip-hop, R&B, and whatnot like that. So it had me thinking, you know, when was the last time we actually had even the main performer of the Super Bowl show be somebody from one of those genres? And really, you have to go back to, I mean, maybe 2013 with Beyonce and Destiny's Child, maybe. But for sure, before that, 2007 with Prince or 2004 with Janet. So it's been a while, and it doesn't happen very often that we actually get somebody from those three genres 
being the main the main performer at the Super Bowl. Um, I mean, they really only had started having mega superstars do the Super Bowl in ninety three, whenever Michael Jackson did it for the first time. I okay, mean, did it before that. Well, so not 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 knocking Gloria Estefan. Of course, she's a big superstar as well. Uh, before that, uh, New Kids on ninety one. Uh, Man, before- you gonna have all them t- teeny boppers go go on iTunes and give us bad reviews. You better put some respect on on uh, New Kids' name, man. Come on. Okay, they're not of the level of Michael Jackson, nor close. I'll say that to any New Kid on the Block fan. I'll I'll, I'll walk into Wahlburgers in Boston and stand on stand on the bar and say, New Kids on the Block are not on that level. You gonna okay. park your car at the bar and say that's how you feel? Hey, I may be making a trip to Boston next year anyway, so just, just throwing it out there. If I gotta uh, say, I'll say it. But no, well, even before that, it was always just like an ensemble of like bands and and I would say bands. I mean like you know marching bands, rockets, stuff like that. But like I said, again, as far as the mega superstars like this doing the show, it didn't really start till '93 with Michael Jackson. Um. Other between then and now, I've mentioned a few. It's always been country stars, pop stars, some rock individuals, things like that, rock bands, stuff like that. Um, they just, for whatever reason, and I have a guess why, they just steered away from the main performer being from one of these genres. I, I don't know if Janet Jackson had the wardrobe malfunction might have hurt that. <laughs> I don't know. Um, but but yeah, it's been very sparse between there. I mean, obviously, they have the Black Eyed Peas. Uh, but again, I won't put them in, in you know, hip hop or R and B or or not like that. Now, there's also been side performers in front of genres be a part of it. Again, you know, I mentioned Black Eyed Peas in 2011. Usher was part of that, so there's that. But again, just the main performers have been from other genres other than those three. So, so glad to see it happen. I was excited and hyped up and shocked. Uh, glad to see my boy Eminem in there. I actually, depending on who's in the game, I actually be more excited about that than the actual game. So, or the commercials. So. What about yeah, you? What do you think? Um, I I like all of these artists. So I I look at the the NFL halftime show the same way I look at the NBA slam dunk contest. There's two groups of people: people who are actually looking forward to that shit, and people looking forward to that shit to actually hate on it. I'm part. I'm I'm part of the second group. Yeah, and uh, yeah, uh, shout shout out to the haters ball over here. Just to to clarify, I'm not hating on it. I'm one of those people that feel like it just needs to go away because you there's so many dunks you can do that haven't been done before. It's just except you can't dunk, so maybe you stay out of it. Exactly. I'm not trying to be in it. So, but I'm watching it. Well, I see highlights of the dunks, and it's like, okay, I've seen that before. You watching it? You You hate watching it? No, no, I I really don't because because it comes on Saturday nights, and I'm not sitting around. On Saturday nights watching this stuff. I, I mean, I did last year, obviously, because it's pandemic. <laughs> pandemic. Look but, at you blaming COVID for why you watch the slam dunk contest. <laughs> well, I'm sorry. I, I actually do stuff out, out on my Saturday nights usually, so that's why I watched it. Now, I don't recall watching the slam dunk contest, but yes, I certainly watched the, the uh, skills challenge, three-point contest. I love three-point contest because it's the best event there. Even better than the All-Star game itself. Um, yeah. So bonus... Sabonis, uh, not Arvidas, excuse me. Demonta Sabonis was in the skills challenge, so I was watching that for him. Uh, won it, of course. So, 
Yeah, but the dunk contest just never has been interesting to, to me. So I, I would probably actually watch the, the yeah. I would actually watch the concert at the event the, the, the dunk contest. But but again, the halftime show this year has a lot more excitement for me at least. And I actually, again, given the Bears probably aren't going to be in it, I'll probably be more interested in watching the halftime show than the game. So if we just get a ch- chance saying, because I'm black, y'all, because I'm black, y'all. <laughs> Again. In the middle of the halftime show, would that be okay? If I said that or you? It, anyone. I mean, if they are, then yeah, go ahead and say it. I mean, you do know that's from CB4, right? I haven't seen that movie in a long time, so I did not know that. I didn't recall that, no. And that's why you'll never be the host. Because <laughs> I haven't seen a movie from 20 years, or excuse me, 30 years ago. I mean, this is worse than you not going to the house of swap meet. It's okay. I still love you. How How is that worse? <laughs> how is it, first of all, how is any of them bad, number one? But how is watching... Or not watching CB4 worse than going to the, the Alsop swap meet. I'm just giving you a hard time, dude. It's I've actually, good. to be honest with you, I actually heard of CB4 more so than I did the Alsop swap meet. So, well, just, for how, good. just for how bad it was, the, the CB4, I mean, not the swap, well, swap meet, so I'm sure. How bad, too, how bad the movie was? Okay. Yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure the swap meet is just as bad, but, but still. Yeah. I mean, that's a matter of interpretation, but it's a swap meet. Yeah. Yeah, man, I'm I'm looking forward to it. I I might I might put on some Kendrick tomorrow. I might put on some Dre. Um, Eminem is also one of my favorite entertainers. So stop trying to be I, like me. I mean, but I but I aspire to be like you. So I'm like the Barack Obama to you. <laughs> oh my God, that. That 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 is like um, Joe Conception right there. No, I think I think I look forward to. First off, I think it would be a really really good um, halftime show. Like, I'm glad to see that that someone like Janet Jackson has effectively no longer been uh, released from double secret probation. You did. Yeah. Now you do realize it's not Janet Jackson in the show this year, right? I do. I do realize that. Oh, okay. Just making sure. Okay. Yeah. But uh, but I but I think when 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 Dr. Dre is saying, "Hey, culturally, it's a big deal," I agree because what was typically happening with the with the uh, with the Super Bowl halftime show. They would try and see if they could get someone that was like, hey, you're from this area. You're a big deal. This is where you came from. And so the fact that you have three of those natives uh, in Dr. Dre, Snoop and Lamar, Kendrick, the fact that they have history with that area, that's a big deal. I'm going to call some BS on that a little bit. Because a little bit. Because go back to 2019 when the Super Bowl was in Atlanta. That was a perfect opportunity for them to do something like this. Atlanta, home of rap. It's a black town. But yet, but yet, 
Maroon, what makes Maroon? it a black town? I'm curious to, to you. I'm not even disagreeing with it. I want to hear you say it. Because of the high percentage of black people that live there. The culturally, it's there. Lots of black people that I know want to move there because of that. Uh, black people grow there. You know? Because uh, other cities in this country that have a hard, large percentage of black people, they're not thriving there like they are in, a lot of people are in Atlanta. Now, obviously, not, not everyone's thriving there. I get that. But still, black businesses, a lot of them are there. So, um, There's a lot of black businesses elsewhere. I'm just... But, but Atlanta, I'm hits, Atlanta, hits, Atlanta hits different, though, bro. Atlanta hits oh, different. Okay. Okay. I mean, there's literally a show called Atlanta. Did you ever check that out? Absolutely. Yeah, I'm a big Donald Glover fan. So we, we I'm a big fan of Atlanta. But my point was in 2019, that was a big chance to do something like this that they're doing for this upcoming year, but they didn't. Instead, no offense to Maroon 5, they chose to have Maroon 5 there be the main performer. Now, of course, they placated us by throwing in Big Boy and Travis Scott. So that's a little bit of placation there. But yeah, that was a big chance to do that, what you just said. In Atlanta, you know, the year before, you had Justin Timberlake do it in Nashville when it was in Tennessee, who's from Tennessee. Perfect. Made sense. And then obviously the year after 2020, I believe it was in Miami, they had Jennifer Lopez. So, so yeah, I I, I definitely get it. Yeah, it's in so, uh, Southern California, which is Dre, Snoop from, from there. Uh, and you said Kendrick's from there as well. Uh, so I get it. But I'm going to call a little bit of BS on that. Um, I will say some of the performers they've had before that seem like they might have been trending towards going back to this direction when it comes to not necessarily just having people from rap and hip-hop and stuff like that, but just getting those artists that are kind of musically like that or even some more risque and controversial. Uh, they had Lady Gaga in 2017. And I said Timberlake in 2018, even though he's not rapping R&B, he kind of has, has that same style. Uh, Maroon 5, again, they're not like that, but they had Big Boy Travis Scott, J-Lo and Shakira. Again, kind of more that direction, and then finally they're caving in and having actual hip-hop, rap, and superstars there. So, Yeah, I don't want to say they caved in. I just they think... I think I think a lot of this is also a byproduct of the fact that with Jay-Z getting involved now, it's you know, when you give someone some time to actually work on cultivating, you know, these 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 relationships, these recommendations, it will drive who is actually available and who's an option to be on the fucking halftime show. You dig? So I don't think it was all placation and holleration in this dancery. Shout out to Mary J. Blige. But. But yeah, I know. I know. You're welcome. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> very nice sir but yep. yeah, leave, yeah leave it leave it to jay-z the the street savior and the savior of the super bowl halftime show so yeah jay-z jay-z was taking a little bit of street cred hit because they were saying that you know he wasn't uh he wasn't uh staunchly defiant enough on the uh black lives matter uh george floyd movement um you know i I find that especially when you're when you're black and successful, that speaking of being coon adjacent, that there's always this weird uh, 
how can I put this barometer for blackness, right? Like people come up with all weird ways to say that you're not black enough. And that's fucking bullshit. Like just because someone handles a situation a certain way differently than you would prefer they would handle it doesn't mean that they're a betrayer of their culture. And that is definitely a segment for another day. This is true. This is true. Cause we've, I'm sure you and I both have been in that position where our blackness has been questioned. Not, and not just from black people. I'll say that there, not just from black people, but, uh, but yeah, but I mentioned to you before that I wanted to bring something up. Um, and I thought about it when I, I was thinking about it and saw Kendrick Lamar and Eminem specifically, um, you know, on the halftime show. So I don't know if you recall this, but I don't remember the exact year or anything, but it's been a quite a few numbers years ago. I definitely wasn't living in Indianapolis. I was likely living in Southern Illinois, maybe in Central Illinois. But you and I were having a conversation about music, of course, because, you know, we, we never do that before. But never. Uh, so we're talking about music and specifically talking about rap. And I was at the time saying that the rap artists of that time frame were all trash and garbage. Hadn't They didn't compare to like the Jay-Z's, the Nas's, or the Eminem's, whatnot like that. And at that time, you had mentioned uh, Kendrick Lamar, that you know he was the big deal, he was the truth, all stuff like that, and he was really good, really good, whatnot. And I told you that I heard the, I've heard of his name before, but I hadn't heard any, any of his music. And I guess you felt some type of way about that. Uh, so the conversation ended, you know, not necessarily ended badly or whatnot, but the conversation ended, uh, and then... Then I went back home. I, I might have been, we might have had this conversation when I was in town visiting you somewhere or whatnot. But anyway, so when, when I'm back home, uh, some days later, a number of days later, I got a package from you in the mail. I'm like, what the hell is this? Oh, geez. So, so, I, so I opened it up and, you know, I, I, I've been guessing what it was before I even, op- even opened it. Like you do any present, you guess what it is. And I was wrong, of course. So I opened it up and it just so happened to be, a CD, yes, and this was not long ago that it was a CD, folks. Uh, but it happened to be a CD, a Kendrick Lamar CD. I'm like, I had to had to get a pretty good laugh because I'm like, okay, the timing of this is pretty good. But that was Terrence's, <laughs> but that was Terrence's way of trying to get me to actually listen to Kendrick Lamar and realize that he actually is pretty good. But in keep speaking of that, I still have that CD that you sent me. God. And, Jason, are you kidding me? And yes, it is still not opened, by the way. <laughs> but I do have that CD that you sent me. So yeah, I still have it. It's still in good tact. I actually, at this point, don't want to open it because I feel like it's still nostalgia. Because again, folks, if, for those of you who are, are younger listeners who don't know what this is, this is called a CD. You can put this in a CD player and it plays music. So what FYI. What does stand for, by the way? Uh, I believe uh, compatible disc or something like that. I don't think that's right. See, I don't even remember, man. It's been so long. <laughs> compatible disc. What What the fuck are you, Roger and Zap? I, I said compactable, <laughs> moron. Or compact disc. There you go. There you go. Compact disc. That's it. So, yeah. And just to clarify, I said disc, D-I-S-C, F-Y-I. But, yeah. But... Yeah, it had me thinking about that. I actually knew exactly what this was. I'm like, I'm going to bring this up on the show tonight. So, I yeah, cannot bro. believe you yeah. have that still, dude. Yeah. That is insane. Unopened. Still in the wrapper, bro. Still in the wrapper. 
Good kid, Mad City. I was willing to prove a point, man. I was like, man, I'm going to send you this shit just on general principle. And, and you how, did. That's how strongly I feel about this at this point. Because you were probably talking some shit about, man, ain't no good music no more. And I'm like, bro, Good Kid, Mad City just fucking came out. What the fuck are you talking about? And I, admittedly, I wasn't down to listen to it. You know, I wasn't really feeling it. Again, I believed you when he was that good because I heard his name before. But yeah, getting that in the mail, I, I got a good laugh out of it. Obviously, I never opened it to listen to it, so I, I still haven't. Yes. Um, <laughs> so it was literally a petty off <laughs> is what it was. <laughs> but again, I still have it, so I didn't throw it away. I still have it in a safe place, just uh, like nostalgia. But uh, I do recognize that Kendrick Lamar is pretty good. He has some songs I like, you know, of course. Um, he's better than a certain other individual I, I won't name. Um, but yeah, just, I just wanted to break that out for the show tonight to let you people know that this it's something that uh, took me back a little bit to uh, years ago when Terrence used to talk about music before it was on a podcast. So, yeah. Oh, jeez. Yeah. Oh, man. That is priceless, Jason. That is amazing. Thank you for that blast from the past of Terrence and Jason arguments of your. So that concludes uh, segment three <laughs> of the Petty Archives. <laughs> And the Super Bowl halftime show of 2022. Coming up next, we're going to wrap up this show uh, with our thoughts and closing thoughts on episode 25 on Cal Park Bros. Cal Park Bros podcast. Love it. Live it. Do it. Thank you for listening to the Cal Park Bros podcast with your hosts, Terrence and Jason. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to support the podcast, please share it with others, post about it on social media, or leave us a rating and review. Five stars are appreciated as always. You can always send the show feedback and show topics at calparkbros at gmail.com or leave us a voicemail at callparkbros.com. We also have the Cal Park Bros voicemail at 405-877-2767. That's 405-877-ROSE. Who knows? <laughs> Your message could end up on a future episode of this year podcast. Jason, do you have any final thoughts before we close it out for tonight? Okay, that's twice now where you failed to say this year podcast without the Southern accent. <laughs> I don't I don't word you. So now if you do it again in episode 26, I'm going to jump in there and make us both sound like idiots, okay? Well, um, we were we wasn't supposed to make it past uh, episode twenty five. Uh, jokes on you, we still alive. So yeah, exactly, folks. We're live at twenty five, but yes, this is episode twenty five, a quarter of the way to a hundred episodes. We are plugging away. We are going to get that number, but one episode at a time. We're definitely very happy to make it at twenty five. I, I I was actually looking, looking back at the calendar, realizing that how far we come as a show with the episode number. Looking back, that uh, episode one was back way back in April. What seems so long ago? This, yeah, I know exactly, right? Yeah. So, so we're definitely getting there. But folks, we keep doing this because not only do we because we love doing it, we do it for you guys too. 
those that listen to us, those that like us, you know, love us, share us and follow us. I mean, I'll mention that again, trust me. But we appreciate everything you guys do, listening to everything we say, watching everything we do, like good little Cal Park Bros stalkers. And and you guys actually study us pretty well too, like good Cal Park ner- Bros nerds. So thank you for thank you for those uh, people that do all that. Uh, we definitely appreciate you. Uh, make sure you're doing all everything uh, Terrence said. We have the email address, calpartbros at gmail.com. It's a place where you can uh, type in your questions, comments, concerns, feedback, topic ideas. Or if you want to verbalize those things, we have the voicemail set up, like Terrence mentioned, uh, 877-405-BROS. Uh, also, we have the voicemail link to where you can just go to our website, calpartbros.com. Uh, go to click the message button. You can do it that way as well. Again, we love to hear from you. We love to hear those voices we, so we can put them on the show. So uh, also connect with us, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube. Go there. Make sure you like, follow, subscribe on YouTube, IGTV. You can see our segment videos. We just had some posted yesterday for episode 24. Go there. Check them out. Again, we have other stuff from social media coming. Be patient. It's coming. We're going to announce it soon. Stick to with us. But again, go to those. And then most importantly, folks. The last thing I'm going to say, or actually go back, I'm going to say it again first. Say this one thing first. Calpart Bros, live it, love it, do it. But also, the famous line that you all know, and if again, if you do know it, say it with me. If you don't, listen to it, learn it, and again, live it, love it, do it. But when it comes to all things Calpart Bros, make sure you like us, love us, share us, and follow us. Because if you like us, why wouldn't you? Amen, Jason. And with that said, this is Calpart Bros signing off. Peace out, y'all. Like us, love us, share us, follow us. And if you like us, why wouldn't you?